0: Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. Now, I wasn't being rude looking on my phone during that hymn, but I was trying to remember who the writer of this hymn was, and and I have I have a different, um, and it could be a different song that I'm thinking of, but I'm sure it was this hymn that the author who wrote it, and and it wasn't Catherine von Schneegel that I thought of, but there was a story of the chap who wrote the hymn, and it might be a different "Be still, who was a Scottish hymn writer. And this Scottish hymn writer was blind or he was losing his sight. And he, this has nothing to do with the sermon, I just thought I'd share it with you. <laughs> but he, he was a, a minister and I'm going to get it all wrong, but I'll, I'll share it anyway. He was a minister who discovered that he was losing his sight. He was engaged to be married and his fiancée, when she discovered he was losing his sight, left him. And it was always his sister who looked after him when he no longer had the use of his eyes. And then his sister was getting married and the, the story I heard was that And on the eve of her wedding, he wrote these words, and and it's probably a different hymn. (laughs) So that that, kind of ruins it. I'll I'll research for the second service. But, (laughs) But when he wrote the words, it was, Be still, my soul, for the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain and leave to thy God to order and to provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. And as we read those words, and as we're gonna dive into Philippians chapter one again this morning, I want you to know and to cherish that no matter what happens, the Lord is on your side. That even in the midst of suffering, there is joy to be found. In fact, there is growth, there is maturity, there is deeper blessings to be found, even in the midst of suffering. Now, I've started quite quite heavy. I want to lighten it a little bit. So, we we have we speak the same language, but we don't really and and i wonder what what is if i said dentures would you understand what i meant if i said false teeth would you understand what i meant yeah. okay fine so there there was a, there was an old couple and they were they were celebrating their 50th anniversary and they were sitting just on the couch watching the telly and and the the, the lady said Do you remember when we were young, you used to hold my hand as we walked down the street or as we sat together? And so the the old chap, he just reached over and he held her hand. And then she said, do you remember we used to cuddle? We used to just have our arms around each other. Whatever we were doing, you would just put your arm around me. So he reached over and put his arm around her. And then she whispered with a wee smile, do you remember when you used to nibble my ear? He then got up and went away. And she went, where are you going? I'm away to get my false teeth. (laughs) I just needed to check. I just needed to check. So this morning, we are thinking about how, in the midst of it all, as we endure, as we stride on, as we soar, even in the midst of all that's going on, how we can bring honor to Jesus. Because nothing really tests our faith. I think that the one thing, if you speak to people who are not Christians, the one thing that really stops them is how, in a world where there is so much suffering, can we believe in a good God? And we're not gonna go down that road today because there's so much we could do, but, we want to be thinking about how in the midst we can deepen our faith even in the worst times. Throughout history, people have given their lives for God. They've given their lives for their country. They've given their lives for their family, for their ideals, for their friends, for love, for science, adventure, compassion. People give their lives for many things. What would you give your life for today? Are you finding it hard to find hope today? Paul, in this letter to the Philippians, is in prison. He's suffering, and yet the joy that abounds in this letter is wonderful. Paul is in awful circumstances, yet his concern is that Jesus be praised, Jesus be proclaimed, and Jesus be honored. This passage can show us, I believe, how we can grow and be joyful even in suffering. So we're going to read from the passage from Philippians chapter 1 at verse 12. So if you have your Bibles, please open I think the garbage truck has arrived. Perfect. So let's read from Philippians chapter 1 at verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and join the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Jesus Christ will abound on account of me. So whatever happens, Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you're going through the same struggle that you and I had, and now here that I still have. Amen, and thanks be to God for the reading of his holy word. Wow, there's so much in here. Paul's life is hanging in the balance. And he has other preachers and followers of Jesus wanting the worst for him. Sadly, some things never change. And also we find out in the next chapter that Ephroditus is leaving him too. So there are people against him. People are leaving him for various reasons. And he is in prison. And yet, what do we discover? He's not upset. He's not upset by his imprisonment. He is joyful in the midst of his circumstances. How can that be? How can he do it? Well, if he was living for himself, I think he would be filled with fear and discouragement. But because he's living for Jesus and his kingdom, his joy abounds. And this joy, this joy comes because he lives his life in service of Jesus. He's living for him, and all that happens, as long as Jesus gets the glory, then he doesn't mind. As he's in prison, we discover that the palace guards are hearing that he's in prison because of Jesus. Not only the prison guards, but also his brothers and sisters who are around him in Jesus, they're beginning to get confident because even though he is in that place, The word's getting out and people are beginning to hear of Jesus and so they're getting more and more bold. And even his enemies, even his enemies are preaching Jesus. So even though they're doing it from wrong motives, he's encouraged because Jesus is being preached and he doesn't care what their motives are. We maybe do, but he doesn't because Jesus is being exalted. And these folks are not heretics. These enemies of Paul are probably sincere in what they're doing. They they don't like Paul. They want the worst for him, but they're still proclaiming Jesus. So Paul is happy. He says in verse 18, what does it matter? He doesn't care what happens to him as long as Jesus is known. His life doesn't matter. Now, here's a question for you. Have you ever been critical of another Christian? (laughs) Or here's another one. Have you ever been critical of your pastor? We, if we're honest, hand to heart, admit that we've all done it, haven't we? We've been critical of other Christians. It might be the people who are on the telly, the TV, the ones who have got the big mega churches, We may think, oh well, you know, we'd never do it that way. How dare they do whatever they're doing? Or it might just be the person who is at the front every Sunday. Or it might just be the person who's sitting two rows away from you this morning. What would Paul say? And and think maybe about what Paul would say the next time you're away to be critical of another brother or sister in Jesus Christ. What would Paul say? As long as Jesus is exalted, what does it matter? What does it matter? As long as Jesus is exalted, let's not be critical of each other. Let's build each other up so the kingdom will grow. And then we continue through this passage, and we discover Paul's discussion on life and death, verses 20 to 26. And and verse 21, I, I came to faith when I was 16 in Aberdeen, the northeast of Scotland, because of two Americans who were over from San Jose, California. And they served, and they loved, and they revealed who Jesus really was to me, and we're going to see them next week. But as they shared, this passage came alive to me at that time and especially verse 21. Verse 21 where it says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is what Paul was facing in prison. And yet for each one of us, it's it's a reset point I think. It's a reset point for you and for me where we have the worries of the world, we have the worries of our family, our work, whatever it might be, there is so much that is going on that we worry about. And yet, here is the basics. To live is Christ. Anything beyond this world is going to be gain. Paul's choice would be death. Paul earnestly desires to go to be with Jesus, but he knows he needs to minister to the Philippian church and to all the other churches that he has founded and this new family of the followers of Jesus. They need him at this time. They need him. And it's God's will, it's God's will for Paul to be in prison to grow his kingdom. And this is more important than Paul's desire, which is to be with Jesus. His love for his fellow believers, his desire for their growth is his purpose, even in chains, even in chains. He will live so that others will meet with Jesus and grow to be like him. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Maybe you need to reset. Maybe you've lost your way. Maybe your purpose has got a little bit hazy in this, these last two years of kind of craziness. Maybe you need to come back this morning and know that he died for you. Will you live and die for him? And then as we continue through this passage, verse 27, Paul speaks of how we are to conduct ourselves worthy of the gospel. Now, in another if you translate this a little bit tighter, it actually says, act like a citizen. Act like a citizen of the gospel. Now, remember, Philippi was a Roman colony they were part of Rome, even though they were 800 miles away. The city of Philippi was Roman soil. The laws, the custom, the dress, the pride of the Philippian people was that they were Romans, and they loved to be Romans. So when Paul says to them, conduct yourselves worthy of citizenship, he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's saying. He's saying to them, just as you live the life of Roman citizens, what you need to do is take on the citizenship of Christ, of his customs, of his ideals, to live as citizens of the kingdom of God, to be Christ in the midst of spiritually hostile environments, to live as Christ when the attitudes and the actions of others will drag you down, to live as ambassadors of Jesus that turns persecution into joy because he's honored and known. So what is your purpose? What is your God-given purpose this day? What is God calling you to do even in the midst of your trials, even in the midst of your suffering? What is God calling you to? What is most important, God's will or your comfort? How does Paul's example help us today? And if you want some practical tips They're they're nothing new. Meditate on God's Word. If you want a passage, a chapter that you can chew through, Romans chapter 8, discover what Paul was writing when he says, nothing will separate you from the love of Christ in that wonderful chapter. But also worship. Day in and day out worship and serve. Often it's when you serve, You're lifted out of your own troubles to help and grow. And pray and pray and pray. Discover afresh and anew what God is saying this day. I quoted one hymn writer and, and, and I know that this one is correct. Henry Francis Light, he wrote, Abide with me. Fast falls the even tide. And Henry was troubled with tuberculosis all his life. And at the age of 54, he told his family that he was going to quit the ministry because he felt he was close to death. And he preached his final sermon. And then that day, he handed one of his family the words to the hymn, Abide With Me. And it says these words, Swift to its close, ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. He had a faith that would face life and death fearlessly. Three months later, Henry Francis Light passed away, but his words remain, that even in the midst of His suffering, He could proclaim heaven's morning breaks, earth's vain shadows flee, in life, in death, O Lord, abide with me. Do we use the time that we have for Christ and His kingdom? Imagine. If every follower of Jesus today, even in the midst of suffering, sought to bring honor to Jesus, sought to proclaim his name, even in the midst of the worst of times. Paul was going through it all, and yet he was filled with joy. He was filled with joy for Christ was being praised. My prayer for you, for this day, for this journey that you're on with Jesus, is that no matter what happens, you will cling to him, that you will trust in the cross, that you will know the Spirit of God is alive and at work in you and through you, and that Christ will be proclaimed. Christ be proclaimed. Let us go, let us go into this world and do that with love with sincerity, with hope. Let us bring joy to others and we will find joy ourselves. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. They can take the world, but give me Jesus. To live is Christ. Death is Will be gained. So may we go forth knowing that amazing love that surrounds us, upholds us, and keeps us. May we find joy even in the worst of times. And shall we bless each other as we say our benediction together?